This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man, happy Tuesday. Uh, We are, just like Andy and Randy, living for the weekend. As we'll get to tomorrow, and then Mike and I will be off for Thanksgiving and Friday, rivalry weekend. We'll talk more about the dogs, Georgia Tech coming up. Um, as we just said, though, this news just broke, guys, and we're going to talk plenty about our Hawks last night. They lose to the Cavs. We said this when the season started. Cavs are a different team, and they're going to be a team that we're going to probably have to, to deal with in the playoffs. But, Mike, Atlanta United hiring Garth Lagerway as their new president and CEO. He was the GM and president. Uh, of soccer with the Seattle Sounders. Now, for those who are not familiar with this, the Sounders have had a lot of success um, with their organization, very similar to you know, us when you talk about how the following is up there with, with their supporter groups and fans. They really support that team. So he's coming from an environment that's very similar to Atlanta United. But we talked about this with Gonzalo Pineda, Mike, and now you bring over the, the new president and CEO, which he's taking Darren Eel's spot, guys. We've been waiting on this hire because whoever this guy was going to be or person mm. was going to set the new direction for the team. And that includes what happens with Joseph Martinez, all the moves, uh, you know, Mike, how this team was going to be constructed. So now we can start to kind of get a feel for this. And if they do what they did in Seattle, Mike, it won't be that different. No, uh, they've got a winning formula there. And uh, we, of course, kind of carved our niche out by going for South American players, kind of that pipeline that uh, Darren Eels and Bocanegra created. And obviously it, it bore fruit the first two, three. We could have won a championship. Actually, we had to play against Seattle in the uh, year that they won it. But they won the year after uh, we won in uh, 19. That's the year we lost Miles Robinson to that post-U.S. Uh, men's team injury. But this is a team that was really, I mean, you think about, Carl, the teams that have moved the meter in MLS because, you know, We've talked about revolution. Nobody goes to those games anymore. You know, in New York City, they came and find people to show up even when they're good. Atlanta United obviously rewrote the the book on it. But this is like you think about Portland and you certainly think about Seattle, going back to Clinton Dempsey and before that, that really embraced it and had a culture. So if you're looking for an identity, they've got it. How that meshes what we've already done and the people that we've got here. And I think for a lot of people, you feel that uh, Joseph Martinez played his last game uh, last month for this team. But it'll be very interesting to see what the strategy and what the vision is going to be. Darren Eels did his thing. That won't be repeated because to build it from the ground up and to have the success we had, it's just a special opportunity, right? It, it's, it, it's like anything. When you start from the ground up and you've built it, I mean, Darren Eels did a lot here. So I've got to give this individual, Mike, his own leeway. i got to let Garth come in here and see what he's about and not try to compare him because that's easy to do. This is how we did it. Why are we not doing it this way? I want to see what, what's going to happen with him. But – 
the good news is this position now has been filled. I think this is the first step. And now, Mike, let me ask you this. What's this mean for Carlos Bocanegra? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, of, of the people that uh, support this team the most passionately, I got to be honest, it's, uh, it would be conservative to say that half of them want Carlos Bocanegra gone. Uh, the guys that we talk to, and again, you can say we're too close to it because we talk to folks on social media and, and sometimes there's a more pointed criticisms. But since they moved on from Miguel Almiron, and since, you know, then none of the bigger hires have really kind of worked out for us. Joseph, now, it's not Carlos's fault that Joseph hasn't been the same guy since he blew his knee out when you and I were up there in Nashville in 2020, and he's just not been the same player. This last season, I'll give Carlos a bit of a pass because everything up the middle, as Jason Longshore likes to say, we lost our spine. From the goalkeeper to our best defender to our best midfielder, all those guys were banged up or gone for the season. So, you got to get this thing where we're scoring goals again. I would like to think that uh, the new... Honcho, uh, Garth Lagerway will want to embrace what we've been, which is I'd rather lose 5-4, Carl, than win 1-0. Like, I want to win all my matches, but we had a style we created that got people on board, and there's a lot of people who've jumped off board to Veronis with Atlanta United. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, and here's the other part about this. You know, the brilliance of, of Darren, okay, and I'm not just going to put it on him, but he was the guy that was in charge, so all, all those decisions went through him, was getting the right players. Getting the right mm-hmm. style. Right. That, that, that's, it's easy to say you're going to bring in this guy or that guy and they bring in this experience. It's still about getting the right people. Your business is still about getting the right people. So ultimately, do we get the right players for whatever style that we're going to have? But I'm with you, Mike. I want to attack. Attack! Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit back. You know, I, I don't want to uh, be on the defense and, and, and wait for the action to come to us. And I'm not saying that's where we've been. But some of that played into the injuries we had. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're talking about the Atlanta United uh, hiring of a new president and CEO. This news just coming down literally as we start the show. We do have a lot more to get to, guys, including Hawks last night. They lose 114-102 to the Cavs. Cavs uh, revitalized, should I say, with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Garland had 26-9 last night. But but as we shift gears, Mike, because we'll talk more. Hopefully, we're going to chase down a guest. Uh, I think we're chasing down Jason Longshore, hopefully, to join us a little bit later on this hour to talk about this, our Atlanta United analyst. Trey did have 25 and 10 last night, but but this game bothered you, didn't it? For for what reason? Yeah, a couple of things, man. I mean, you had things that were working that you didn't go back to. And I know that we've always uh, you know said Nate is sometimes stubborn with rookies and younger players. Now, you did see A.J. Griffin getting the minutes. I thought Jalen did a nice job. I thought, honestly, he should have been back in the game. The, the holidays got in the rotation the second half, and they didn't bring anything to the table. And it's not Nate's fault. This was the first game where, if I'm honest, DeJounte Murray just had a really bad night. It's the first time all season. I mean, almost every every night he's given you consistently 17 or 18 plus. But this is the first night he wasn't feeling it. And, Carl, they continue to struggle with a three-point shot. But I don't like the rotations. I can't sometimes get my head around it. And I think that sometimes Nate gets away from what's working because he wants to go with veterans. And he went with the holidays over the younger guy, and I think it cost them. Um, Mike Bell doesn't like the rotations. <laughs> I, listen, I think sometimes, man, you do outthink the situation. If a guy's playing well and you feel like certain guys deserve minutes, whether they get those minutes or not mm. should be dictated solely on how the game is going. Right. You should ever go into a game, and I'm not saying Nate does this, but sometimes it seems he does, that you go into a game and you go, tonight, Mike Bell, you get 15 minutes. Carl Dukes, you're going to get 15 minutes. Regardless of how the game is flowing and what's happening, sometimes guys play well in certain situations. Leave him out there. Let him play it out. And then when things start to go differently, 
Okay, then you get your minutes. But, Mike, if you got 10 last night and not you allotted 15, I'm okay with that. That's my issue sometimes. I feel like he's locked in to a certain rotation, and it has to be a certain amount of minutes. Now, you know, on the other side of the equation, Donovan Mitchell was balling, and they had a lot of things that were really working in the half court you had no answer for. But Jalen Johnson, I know he had two fouls, but eight points in 14 minutes. He was hitting his real goals. He was hitting his threes. I just thought, you know, there's a guy. I, th- I thought there was more of a spark there. And then you go to the holidays that just didn't give you anything. And, I look, I just I get frustrated with this. I am glad to see on the flip side, though, that you are seeing, you know, the uh, you're seeing – some youth movement because you kind of have to with injuries. And I guess the way you could argue is Nate's hand is kind of enforced with A.J. Griffin. But I, I want to see even more of that if I can, if you can make that work. Yeah, and listen, and that's not a bad hand. We had this kid on. Guys, he can play. I hope you're seeing that. Now, is he a finished product? No. But to be out there and to be a rookie and give you 17 against the Cavs, it's a pretty good night. I mean, at the end of the day, that's not a bad option. And, again, I think right now they're trying to find shooting, right, because no bogey coming off the bench and however you're going to rotate these guys in and out. But the wing was a black hole last night. It was. It really was, Mike. So, you know, the Hawks lose, um, and this is a team, again, do not sleep on the Cavs. I think they're going to be in the mix when we talk about the Eastern Conference as far as how this shakes out, maybe Eastern Conference semis or finals for that matter. They have a lot of young talent. If they continue to mesh, Last night, they kind of took it personal. This goes back to last year right. when we played them. And even though Donovan Mitchell wasn't there, you know, you had other guys like Garland saying, we know what happened last season. So I'm not saying it's a grudge match, but they wanted a little revenge. They got it last night. Garland and Mitchell looked like, I mean, and that looked like, wow. like <laughs> That was like Clyde and Pearl last night, what they were doing in the half court and in transition. And then, look, it's a thing. We got to say it. It's a thing. Trey's not hitting his threes. DeJounte and Trey are struggling, but Trey is really struggling. For some reason, Carl, the guy who's famous for hitting those bombs from half court can't hit anything right now consistently from three. And, Mike, I have no answers for it. I don't. It's not like Trey's not in the gym. It's not like he's not working. Sometimes you go through these spells where you're not hitting. The problem is it seems like it's been a month. It's not been a couple of games. It seems like it's been a month of this. One for seven from three, two for 11 between he and DeJounte. Now, DeJounte's not as good a three-point shooter as Trey. No one gets that confused, but Trey – you got to really live with that. And then last night when Trey had the ball, it was ISO Trey, and it really slowed down. And the flow and the passes stopped. And I mean, from what I watched, I don't know what you guys saw, but I just thought it was really stagnant when Trey had that, the ball. I think part of that is when Murray's struggling like he was, Mike, it, Trey feels like maybe he has to do more. Mm. So, you know, Murray goes four for 18. That's a bad shooting night, by the way. I think he probably felt like he needed to do more, and that's why it felt that way. Um Let's hear Nate McMillan talk about that backcourt. You were just talking about it. Garland, Mitchell, they combined for 55 points last night. You can put that guard core up against most in the league. Um, they give it to you both ways, both sides of the ball. You know, they, they, they can score, but they defend as well. And, um, you know, they're two all-stars, you know, so two guys that make plays, they do a good job of playing off of each other. Yeah, and, and what he's saying is they play D2. Hmm. They can score, but they also D you up on the other end, which makes that a hell of a tandem. We'll see where it goes. Hawks again back in action against the Kings. Don't laugh. Kings lead the league in scoring right now, guys. More than the Celtics. We lost to them. More, hmm. okay, more than um, who else did we lose to, Mike? Celtics and then um, the game before that. Who am I thinking about? And uh, the fact that they're averaging about 121 points a game. My point is, 
They are going to score. They're going to score. We lost to the Sixers. You know, that was further back up. No, and Herder, and by the way, Red Velvet, a lot of people going, wow, you moved on from Red Velvet. He's doing pretty well out there. No, he's doing great. Home, I should say homecoming. But, again, people, I still like Red Velvet. Right. I had nothing against him. That was just a trade they needed to make. But point is, that's tomorrow night. We'll see what happens with the Hawks. All right, coming up, if you're just joining us, guys, hitting us up saying, is this good or bad for Atlanta United? We don't know. We're going to find out. Guy comes from a club that's won championships. It's a winning culture. and I mean, you're coming from the right place if you look at it that way. All right, Chuck Smith's going to join us next. We're chasing down Jason Longshore to talk with him this hour about Atlanta United's hiring of a new CEO and president, Garth Langerway, from the Seattle Sounders. More coming up here at 220 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Um, guys hitting us up. We're going to talk to Jason Longshore about Atlanta United's newest hire. They hire president and CEO away from the Seattle Sounders, uh, Garth Lagerway. So we're going to talk to Jason coming up here in 20 minutes. Right now, you know that music. It is our man Chuck Smith. Chuck, how about them Vols? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> man, you got hit by the cockaboose. Hey, I knew y'all was gonna come at me, man. Hey, man, I don't call. I tell you this: I rush home from my son's game up in South Carolina to watch that game. Took off, damn near was speeding, bro. Words just can't describe it. It was the worst, worst defensive game in Tennessee football history, and that says a lot. Yeah, and it was just interesting to see, you know, two things. You know, the uh, the offense, I we knew that Tennessee's defense, you know, they're better than, than we thought when we were previewing the Georgia game, but Spencer Rattler looked like the Spencer Rattler they were expecting in Oklahoma in that game. <laughs> hey, you're right, and that's the thing about it. Tennessee's defense has been giving up, you know, scores a lot like that. But I think what you saw also, a lot of their weaknesses in coverage, the whole nine, and Rattler, he turned up, but also – Give South Carolina a lot of credit. They have been embarrassed the last two games. They came out, put it on the table, and said, you know what? We got the crowd, we got the, the energy, and we got the team. So I ain't mad at them. But, I, but it's, a, it's, a, it's been a sad week up in Knoxville. I can just tell you that right now. Chuck Smith, our guest, guys, pass rush specialist. He teaches guys around the NFL and coaches them up as well as uh, college players. And, you know, what we saw last week was four Falcons get sacks against the Chicago Bears, Chuck. You've been yeah. talking to us about this, man, all year, all offseason, as Chuck joins us for our, you know, draft coverage and leading into the combine. All right, so we were looking at the overall sacks, Mike and I. You know, you go back two yeah. seasons ago, last year, one of the worst sack years in the history of the franchise, and we're already there. Yeah. We're, we got six more weeks, and we've already right. topped that number. Why, Chuck? Why are we having this kind of success with Dean Peace? Well, I think first and foremost with DPs, everybody understands the defense. Remember, Dean only had 60% of his defense, and he made that public, and I totally respect that. This year, they put 100. But I think you, you got to give a lot of credit to the guys who've been added in. Arnold Evacati, Um, We talked about Lorenzo Carter, which I thought Lorenzo had his best game of the season. Remember I kept saying, I want to see him show up? Yep. He showed up, played the run well. And I think, you know, Grady has a few guys going him, but also you got to remember – as you look at this last game, there were times where the quarterback, Justin Fields, had nowhere to go with the ball. And I heard you say this, Mike, yesterday, yeah, we had a clock on it. You know, there was no pass rush. It was like eight, nine seconds. Right. And they made that point on TV. But those eight, nine seconds, the coverage was great. You know what I mean? So right. it, to me, it was a combination of the rush. But numbers speak. And, they, and you get four sacks. Those guys were good, but let me, t- let me give you one more quick little insight. 
I love the adjustment they made this game. They were running the tech stunt. They were lining Grady up in the four eye inside the tackle, and they had Lorenzo Carter outside, and Grady was blowing it up upfield, and they were running twists. And on Arnold Ebicati, he got a sack in that same in that same kind of rush. That was a great new wrinkle that they kind of when they saw they attacked it and kept doing it. And there was a lot of four man rush, so it beat them up for no four man rush. The Falcons showed a lot this week with the four man rush. We were talking as Big Chuck Smith joins us, guys, on the WadeFord.com hotline. Justin Fields, you, you saw you saw the excitement that he generates. You saw what he's capable yeah. of, and he makes a pinpoint throw, and he's also making some throws that leave you scratching your head. What, mm-hmm. did, you, what did you think of Fields altogether? Well, I told you guys, Mike, he's either going to run for 100 or he's going to run into bad plays. He started running for bad plays. And what I saw, I saw a quarterback that deserves better from an offensive scheme. That was the worst scheme I have ever seen. There's no way a quarterback can continue to get hit like that. I mean, they were running power like it's Tim Tebow back in Florida. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's, I mean <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're running Tim like Tim Tebow. And, and we always used to have a, a – when I played my bomb squad crew in 1998, we had a philosophy that Bill Cole, our D-line coach, always used to tell us, we want the quarterback to run. Because if the quarterback runs, we're going to try to run him out the tunnel and make sure that he doesn't come back in the game <laughs> by hitting him and hitting him. And, man, I watched – listen, on that, go back and look at that last series with Justin Fields. They tapped him out. On that last throw, he was so tired he just threw the ball because he kept getting hit, right. hit. And I love that. I love the Falcons beat him up now. I mean, that's part of it. And that, that is one of the stories of the game. He ran the ball 18 times. Come on, man. Too much. It's too much. I, I totally agree. Um, and, and the kid's got a lot to give, but you, you ain't going to last long in the NFL if you're playing like that. It's Chuck Smith here on uh, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, guys. Talking about all things football with Chuck. Uh, we will talk about what's coming up this weekend because uh, we won't get a chance to talk to Chuck with the holiday weekend coming up on Friday as we normally do. Um, as you watch you know, these teams around the NFL, and yeah. I, I think we brought up Matthew Judon with you a couple of weeks ago, but, mm-hmm. man, he's mm-hmm. playing well. He's just – you know, and, and I don't know if he's the defensive player of the year. I know he was on your list a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. I watched that Jets Patriots game this weekend. Um, you know, he's just causing havoc, man. And I don't know why can't he, this guy be blocked? He's getting free. It seems like with the same stunts that that he's run or they've ran for years with the Patriots. Well, I like what Matthew Judon is doing. When you look at his talent, he's always had it, but now he's up there with a, a, a great scheme, a team that's really turning them loose. And, Carl, he, he's not my MVP. The kid out in Dallas is my MVP, Michael Parsons. Okay. Now, but Judon's number two. He's number two, but Michael Parsons is phenomenal. But Matt Judon, I mean, you're talking about a guy in the end now, that's today. If he goes on and gets close to that record or continues to have the kind of season he has, I, I don't have a problem with saying he's the uh, MVP after the end of the season. We were just talking about sacks with Big Chuck Smith, the doctor of pass rush. As Carl mentioned, the Falcons are nearly up to their level last year already with, like, weeks to yep. go. But the bad news is the Washington – see, I'm going to say football team. The commanders have nearly twice as many sacks. They got 29 on the year. These dudes get after it. Um, Chase Young will be activated. Chuck, I know we saw the 49ers, but they were not at 100%. Is this the best front we're going to see for our run game to try to tackle? Well, I'll say you, you, it'll be tough. One thing, because they got them Bama boys in the middle who play the run. Matt, you know, um, Montez Sweat is solid. Chase Young's come back from the injury. But I'm going to say it like this. I love that front and their possibilities. They got maybe double the sacks, but they're not a top five front in the league. Okay. I don't care how many first-rounders they got. 
I'm not saying they're not capable of taking that step, and they have gotten better, and they're going against some scrub teams too now these last, you know, let's say the last four weeks. But all I'm saying is this. They have potential, but the potential overall has not been realized, you know. So they're not a top five D-line to me. Montez Sweat coming on strong, you know, but Chase Young coming back, he's just coming back from injury. I'd be surprised if, you know, he has a big impact. But i tell you what I would do, though. If I'm the Falcons, I'm chipping them. I'm trying to listen. Mm. If I'm the Falcons, I'm chasing them around the field. I'm making them see how healthy you are. And that's what I would do against him. You know, pass versus come back off an injury. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because we, we got to give him help. And we now know, and Mike and I will talk more about this with yep. the Pitts injury. Um, Taquan Graham, by the way, did you watch any of Taquan Graham? How closely did you watch him and his impact on the team so far this year? Because I think that's a big injury on the defense. Yeah, I think so. I think Taquan Graham has had a, a great year, and I, and I was really excited before the year started to watch the kid. And you look at him, he's been productive. He's been solid against the run, striking blocks, does a good job versus double teams, can play reach blocks. He has a great twitch. You know, but, you know, I also thought Abdullah Anderson makes some plays too in the game. So I'm not, you know, you don't replace a, a starter with a backup from the standpoint of the reason why Taquan's a starter because he's the best person for that job. But Anderson, you know, had a sack, you know, can have some nice little stuff going on. But you hate to see what happened with Graham and Pitts. You know, I had a torn ACL. I, heard, I had an ACL and had a knee injury. The good thing now is guys come back pretty fast. And so I think, I think those guys will heal up pretty quick with uh, their different injuries. I know we ask you every week, Chuck, about how the uh, the rookies are playing. We already talked about Evan Katie. Uh, aside yeah. from, aside from you know a quarterback, now Heineke does buy time. We saw him do that last year in week mm-hmm. four. So I mean, do you feel we can improve, or do we still have to? I mean, does Pease have to still dial up some blitzes, or are we able to get there with what we got? Well, you know what? I'm kind of going back to what happened this past week. I'm starting out with I'm gonna try to rush four. Okay. I think the Falcons early on they sent some pressure with five. But then they got to where they said, you know what, we got a good flow here. Let's just run four-man games and go there. I'm trying to rush four, solidify in coverage, and, and try to get after Heineke. And so, to me, that's how I'll go. But real quick, you asked me something about them young bucks. I love watching them play. There's a foundation with those guys that's being started. Malone, he's getting in the mix. Edward Katie's doing this thing. And Anderson, Anderson's going to be something special. He can, he's got speed. He's got power. He's got intelligence. I watched him work under. Uh, blocks. I work from use the speed over blocks over top. Uh, this, you know, I think when the Falcons get done, I think next year people gonna realize this was a where he got picked was a steal. Dude is about to be really, really, really good. Chuck, I just want to ask you this before we let you go. Um, there's a story okay. out about the NFLPA saying that the NFL yeah. agreed to Nick's fully guaranteed deals. Now, this all stems from Deshaun Watson's five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal. But the Players Association is basically saying, look, these owners have come together and said they're not going to pay some of these guys fully guaranteed deals. And, you know, we all kind of knew this was going to be the new new, right, especially for quarterbacks. I'm curious just from where you sit, you talk to a lot lot of guys around the league. uh, A Mm -hmm. third-party arbitrator is expected to hear this grievance from the Players Union um, as it's being reported now. And so, again, don't know where this goes. But how do you not – if you're an NFL owner, how do you not get caught up in this, especially if you have a quarterback that's worth the money and you know what the going rate is, now guys are looking to get these guaranteed deals. And, Chuck, when you played, we talk about it. You know what I mean? Come on. Guaranteed. Yeah. You didn't get all of this money. No, you didn't. And I think, really, show me the money, owners. You got the money. 
Y'all got guarantees on some of them TV contracts. They got guarantees all around the board. So I think, to me, I think it's going to become a big deal because even pass rushers, they're guys out there, they're going to shoot, they're going to want all of theirs guaranteed in the next three, four years because of how the money's going. But but it's really sad when you see the NFL owners who eat every year and you see the players that continuously help grow the revenue, but they just want their share. But listen, the player's going to get that money. There's going to be another owner that says, you know what? I'm going to take that Watson. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, take that great player and do the same thing because cats want to win. NFL owners want to win. But the NFL owners, guys, if I could tell y'all half the issues that former players deal with and current players, you wouldn't believe it. It'd be a whole nother show. It just seems like there were a lot of owners who wanted to choke out Jimmy Haslam after he gave that contract <laughs> to Sean Watson. Well, Lamar's up next, right? right? And Lamar, if, they, if by the way— And Piscotti was one of the guys who popped off on it. Yeah, but, yeah, and if the NFLPA gets its way, obviously, you know, this won't be an effect on Lamar. But let's just say, you know, they don't win. Who's to say that these owners are saying, hey, we don't do guaranteed deals for quarterbacks like this? We cannot across the league. It's going to be interesting. Chuck, just want to get your thoughts, man, as always. Appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, big boy. Yeah, man, and I hope the family and everybody's doing well. Enjoy the time, and we will talk to you next week as we get ready for uh, the Falcons after they get past the Commanders this week. Man, get us out of here. All right, guys. Live life every day like it's third and eight. Shout out to all the people that are already putting up their Christmas stuff like I'm doing right now. So don't be hating folks yeah. who don't do it. I got to be honest. I always thought it was after Thanksgiving in our house. Came home from the Falcons game. Every, everything in the neighborhood was popping. It's, it's true. Is it, is it too early? It's not too early? I was no. told Thanksgiving no. weekend. No. My father said Thanksgiving no, weekend. My... Dude, these guys, these are dudes. They, they never took the lights down in the first place. What are you talking about? All right, Chuck, hey, man. I'm on the roof. I'm on the roof. I'm on the roof right now. Hey, talking to y'all, man. Be careful, bro. Be careful. All right. <laughs> Don't don't want, I don't want that story coming up at 5. <laughs> Former Falcon Pro Bowler. Yeah, I don't want that story. All right, by the way, I, I'm just curious. Is it too soon? Is it too soon? Again, to each his own. I know I came home. I know the, it's Thursday. I came home from the Falcons game. All the lights are up in the neighborhood. We're yeah. the only house that didn't have the lights on now. Now, I, I say that. We decorated early for Halloween because we like to get run out of it. I mean, if you don't, you only get about 20 days, and it's just not enough for all the damn decorations you have. Maybe you feel the same way about Christmas. Get it up early, and maybe you get more run on it. All right, we'll talk about that along the way. Hey, coming up, Jason Longshore is going to join us. Atlanta United has hired a new president and CEO. Who is he? What does he bring? And where are we going as a, as a team? We'll talk about it at 240 here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Dukes and Bell. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. Been a busy hour because of the breaking news at the 2 o'clock hour, 2 o'clock, uh, should I say, when we started the show about Atlanta United. Joining us right now, Jason Longshore, analyst for Atlanta United. You hear him here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. He's also got a show, guys, called ATL or Atlanta Soccer that's going to start as uh, tonight, as we get the World Cup coverage going, and it'll be a nightly kind of thing, we'll talk to Jason about that. But first, Jason, tell us about this new hire from the Seattle Sounders as the uh, the club has now hired a new president and CEO. What do you know about him? Garth Lagerwey's grown up in this league. He started the first five years of the league as a goalkeeper, bounced around a couple different clubs, went to Real Salt Lake in 2007 and was the youngest general manager hired in league history at that time, won an MLS Cup, went to a CONCACAF Champions League final, went to another MLS Cup with that team, moved to Seattle, which was a step up, especially in budget at that time. Real Salt Lake, a small market team, a small budget team, they were able to punch above their weight. Went to Seattle in 2015, and that was one of the big spending clubs at that time. Now, Lagerway reflected on kind of how MLS changed over the next couple of years. And look, one of those big changes was Atlanta United and what Arthur Blank was committed to doing with a soccer club here in Atlanta. Seattle went from a big spender in the league to just under that level. You know, now you look at his progression, you go from a smaller market team, success. Go to Seattle, which in the grand scheme of things is a bigger budget team, maybe not the biggest, but a big budget team. Two MLS Cups, one CONCACAF Champions League last year, and now you're going to a club with the biggest budget. That's a a great progression for somebody to come into a job here in Atlanta, which is a a bigger job maybe than than Garth Lagerway has had in his career because of everything that it entails being president of Atlanta United. How would the culture change, or does he mold to the culture? Because we talked about like our, our niche is kind of like developing the, the South American players, for instance, Jason. How much of that changes or stays the same? I don't think it changes, because I think he's had that success at all of his stops before. I think my biggest question is he, he's coming into a different, maybe, corporate structure. And as we saw with the, the president role with Darren Eels, there's a lot of, of business to take care of in that role as well. So how is that balance going to look? But I think in terms of what he wants the team to look like on the field, 
go back to the Real Salt Lake teams that had a number of Argentines that they were really one of the first teams in the league to bring those kinds of players in. And Javier Morales is one of the best players in, in league history and was part of that MLS Cup winning team. Seattle, look at some of the players that they've brought in as well. And I think another aspect of it is the relationship with Gonzalo Pineda. You know, somebody that he knows Gonzalo inside now from Gonzalo's time in Seattle. I think there's going to be a lot of trust and comfort there straight out of the gate. Jason Longshore, our guest. We're talking about Atlanta United. New president, CEO, comes over from the Seattle Sounders. All right, so how how are they built, and, and are we going to be built in a similar fashion from the standpoint of what he did and then how they morphed and what they became, or does he come in with a completely new vision here? I think you've got to adapt to what Atlanta United is to a degree because it's just it's a different animal than almost any team in MLS. There's a couple others that can spend at the level of Atlanta United, but you know, I go back to those comments that he made in twenty eighteen. And this is, you know, about eighteen months after Atlanta United came into the league and he talked about how Seattle, you know, was no longer the biggest spender in the league. And you look at the decision to come to Atlanta who is one of the biggest spenders in the league. He's going to have resources that, and, and the ability to bring in players that he didn't have in Seattle, and he never had at Real Salt Lake. Hmm. Guys who you know, maybe were on a list, of your, your scouts bring you a list, guys that you, you kind of dream about, everything's got to fall into place to bring those guys in. Seattle couldn't have brought in somebody like Tiago Almada, for example. In Atlanta, those kinds of players become available. So I think you're you're just looking to build a winning team. I don't think he's got like a certain style of play that he envisions. I think, again, the comfort level with Gonzalo Pineda, he's going to let Gonzalo do what Gonzalo does, but he's going to be able to give him resources that if Gonzalo was the manager in Seattle, maybe he couldn't have afforded in Seattle. That's got to be exciting for somebody who has been in this league and had success at all those different stops along the ladder. Jason, uh, two questions is Jason Longshore at Longshoe, by the way, on Twitter for all your World Cup fix and everything else with Jason right here. Um, is it Joseph definitely going to be gone? And is soccer kind of like baseball where we now have like the, the winter meetings and we get into like all the crazy trades and signings? Is this when we'll see more action in MLS as far as transfer window? Let me, let me start from the second one. I think you'll see more moves in January. Uh, this year is so different with the World Cup going on right now. MLS clubs are looking at players in the World Cup. They're, they're looking at players who are available. They're looking at moves that are going to kind of domino in January worldwide after the World Cup. So I, I think this year's a hard one to judge on that. There would have been maybe more movement immediately after the season, as we've seen in previous years, if you didn't have the World Cup where it is in the calendar. It's just such a weird situation. Well, Joseph, look, this is – Interesting in terms of now a change in leadership at the top. Does it change anything in that relationship potentially? You know, I would assume that Garth Lagerway is going to want to come in, hear all the sides, you know, analyze things for himself, and then figure out the best move forward. But the question that has to be asked, and I'm sure that Lagerway is going to ask this as well, which version of Joseph Martinez is he at this point? Can he ever be what he was in 2017, 2018, and 2019 again? Or is he something different after the knee injury? And if he is that, if he is different, can he be a designated player in this league at that level? 
And I don't have the answer to that because I don't know what the, the medical side of it tells you, but from what we've seen, he's not a player who's going to be able to play 90 minutes game in, game out at the level that he did in the past. That happens with age. It also happens after injuries. Atlanta Soccer, uh, you are hosting this show. Tell us about it, and let's talk about the World Cup. What did you think about USA's performance? Big match, obviously, on Friday against England. And uh, tell us about this this show that is going to cover the World Cup. Yeah, we're nightly right now. Uh, after Hawks games, after NFL, after college football, we're on after Chuckery tonight at 11 o'clock. Um, we're covering all aspects of it. We're covering everything about the World Cup every night during the tournament. Myself and, and Jessica Charman, who's a, a great expert on the game, did radio for Charlotte FC this past year. We talked about it last night on the show, which you can always download as a podcast as well or listen on the Odyssey app. I thought the U.S., you're, you're kind of balancing two aspects of it because you're happy to get a result in game one. That gives you a great opportunity to do what you need to do to advance. But then when you look at how the result happened, you're going to be disappointed that you ended up losing two more points. And really, you lost those points because of one mistake. I think if Walker Zimmerman doesn't make that mistake, the U.S. wins 1-0. Because Wales didn't create a ton, even with the changes they made at halftime. England game's going to be tough. We know that. England's one of the best teams in the tournament. The U.S. has never lost to England at a World Cup, which is one of those crazy stats to keep in mind. But they've got to be sharper in that. The biggest thing that, that Greg Berhalter's got to figure out is he's going to need to pick up three points the rest of the way. And can he do that against England? Or does he have to maybe think a little bit about, I need some of my guys firing on all cylinders for the Iran game next Tuesday? And that's a tough balance to strike in a tournament like this where yellow card accumulation comes into play and some small injuries with guys like Weston McKinney and Serginio Death. Well, the good news is there's no yellow cards on Geo because they didn't use him. Uh, a lot of folks, and again, I, I defer to all my soccer head buddies that played the sport more than I ever did, but Geo Reyna, why wasn't he out there and Burkholder getting a lot of heat for his the second half, lo- losing all the momentum to Wales? You know how the soccer vibe goes, Mike, where anything you can latch on to to yell about that's what people are going to do. Reyna, it sounded like, had a hamstring issue coming in. He's been injury prone, and we've known that during his time with the U.S. and during his time at Borussia Dortmund. The way the game played out, I don't know if I would have brought him in either because Tim Weah played so well. And by the time you took him out, in my mind, Reyna's a guy that I want to develop a rhythm. I don't want to give Reyna five minutes here or ten minutes. I want to give him 30 if I'm going to bring him off the bench. I'd love to see him, depending on who's available for England, start that game or play a larger role, play 45 minutes, play the second half. And he is rested to be able to do that. But Tim Weah was great in the role that he was in, and that's where Gio Reyna would have started. I think Tim Weah did the job for the bulk of that match. Real quick, uh, how much do they miss? I know we miss Miles. How much would Miles help, obviously, in this World Cup? Because, you know, the athleticism he brings on defense. Huge, huge. And now, would it have changed anything yesterday? Look, we don't know. Uh, I thought Tim Ream was really good in his performance. 35 years old, but he's played every game for Fulham in the Premier League this year. He has that chemistry with Anthony Robinson on the left side. He was very, very good. I think it would have been Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman starting together if Miles was healthy. I think it's going to be these next two games where you really look at, man, I wish we had Miles Robinson because – 
you could take some more chances pushing forward, pushing an extra player forward because of the ground that Miles can cover. Greg Berhalter's got to figure that out. And then here in Atlanta, luckily it sounds like Miles Robinson recovering very, very well. Hopefully he's available day one of preseason to get going again in 23. You sticking with Argentina? Man, what is going on? I got up way too early this morning and watched that. But we've seen that game so many times here in Atlanta where you dominate shots, you dominate <laughs> the, the play, you dominate the XD. BS offside call. Back for right, offside. right, right. Just craziness. If six centimeters is what separated that game from being 3-0 to 1-0 at halftime when you look at those VAR situations. Both players were off, but six centimeters combined. That's what separated that game. And then what a goal for Saudi Arabia to win it. Um, I asked this question. Mike and I were talking about it. Ronaldo, is he coming to the U.S.? possible uh he's got to go somewhere because man he burned every bridge that he had at manchester united <laughs> sure did. Right. um i i don't know where he would be the right fit in the u.s miami's name comes up with everybody um if miami's gonna go for one of the goats of the game they're gonna go get messy not ronaldo in my mm-hmm. opinion um I don't know. You're going to have to pay him a ton of money, and I don't know if he is worth that level of money in MLS outside of selling the shirts and getting that kind of attention. Jason, great job as always. Appreciate you. Again, Atlanta United hiring a new president and CEO coming over from Seattle, guys, Garth Langerway. We uh, will discuss more as this you know, organization decides the direction and, and where they're going to go, players, all of that. Stay right here with Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And Jason, Atlanta Soccer Show on, on a nightly basis, all right, depending on what's going on. It could be on after a Hawks game. Tonight it's after Chuckery, but they're talking all about the World Cup, so make sure you check that out. Jason, thanks again. Thanks, y'all. All right, man, good stuff. Coming up, he will not commit Why won't he commit? Hmm. We're going to talk about it in five minutes on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 